Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Well, spring training is, I mean, it is getting started out there in Arizona. I'm already seeing uh, tweets from uh, Guardians beat writers about making it to Arizona. So we might as well get back to talking baseball on Cleveland Baseball Mornings. I have taken a bit of a break uh, on the show. And frankly, yes, I needed a break. I just needed a break. I needed to step away from baseball a little bit, focus on some other things. But uh, this Guardians offseason has been so, by the numbers, like there just there hasn't been many big surprises, big twists and turns. In our last episode, we talked about Josh Bell. But yeah, it's just been a kind of quiet offseason for the Guardians. And the reason why is because this team was so young and had so much promise after the 2022 season that they're basically running it back for 2023. And so, yeah, they didn't need a ton in this offseason. I mean, the things that have happened since we've talked, they signed Mike Zanino to be the catcher. Uh, Frankly, you know, I was going to do a whole episode when Matt dropped, and I was looking at Zanino's numbers, and The guy's shown pop throughout his career. I mean, some home run numbers, 25, 20, 33 home runs in 2021. But the batting averages haven't been there. Uh, Frankly, it's more defense than offense that you're getting from this guy. His WRC Plus has only been over 100 three times in his career, uh, including that 2021 season, which was his best season uh, before he gets hurt in 2022 with Tampa Bay. So, frankly, Zanino seems like the best-case scenario Austin Hedges could ever ask for, right? Great defense, uh, seems to be, from all reports, a good guy in the locker room, uh, can hit for power. That's, I mean, Austin Hedges on his best day is an average Mike Zanino season, so... I guess that's an upgrade, but you know he's been doing this for a long time, right? He's been doing this for 10 seasons, coming off of a big injury. It's it's kind of a big question mark what Zanino is going to be. That's why he was the backup plan. When they didn't land Sean Murphy, he was definitely the backup plan. Now, uh, so Zanino's here. The other thing that happened is they traded away Owen Miller. They traded away Will Benson. Oh, man, when that happened, when... <laughs> When Will Benson got traded, I was listening to MLB Network Radio on the drive-in, and Steve Phillips got confused between Will Benson and Will Brennan and went for, I'm telling you, four or five minutes about, I can't believe they traded Will Brennan. That kid seemed to have so much promise. He was getting at-bats. He was getting hits for them. Why would they trade this guy? And I'm sitting there in my car going, it's Benson Come on, somebody tell him, some producer, get in his ear, his co-host, somebody tell him he's talking about the wrong guy. And after like three or four minutes of it, I just turned it off because I couldn't listen to it anymore. Uh, Completely wrong on which Will got traded out of the Guardians uh, outfield. So those are the kind of the big things that have happened. Yeah, there have been some... uh, non-roster invites. Uh, I even pulled up some of those scouting reports, but I don't know what guys like Roman Quinn, right? What kind of impact he's going to have. If he's even going to get a chance to break into this ro- roster. Uh, the pitcher they got from Atlanta, Toussaint. Uh, what kind of project is he going to be? Is he going to be another bullpen project like Sam Hench's was? Uh, like, is Cody Morris turning into? So, uh, 
those are kind of the things we've missed since we last talked. And yeah, so you're going to have that whole list of non-roster invites coming. Uh, some of them are guys from the minor league system, like Logan T. Allen, Peyton Battenfield got the invite. Um, so some of those guys are going to be like that. And then guys like Toussaint uh, and Roman Quinn, uh, Micah Fries, Priest uh, from our system got an invite, an infielder. Uh, and then the whole catching mess, right? You've got all these guys, Zach Collins, David Fry, who I think has been playing other positions besides catcher in the minor leagues, is going to you know, get an invite. Cam Gallagher, a journeyman backup catcher. Uh, Valoria, a journeyman backup catcher. Both guys uh, from the Kansas City system previously are going to get a chance here. So that's what we've kind of missed. But... Do any of those moves, I mean, really shout like, oh, this is the impact move of the of the winter? No, it was Josh Bell. It was absolutely Josh Bell. Zanino was filling a hole, definitely filling a hole. And you got to have high hopes for that Zanino can produce this season, at least produce the power in the defense. Give me the power in the defense. Do not expect Zanino to be a 300 hitter. It ain't going to happen. It has not been his career trend, so... Uh, unless something completely changed while this guy was out with injury, that's not the type of hitter he is. So uh, that's what you're getting in kind of the moves that have been made uh, since we last talked. As far as trading Owen Miller and Will Benson away, those moves kind of had to happen. I mean, you could tell I was not a big Owen Miller fan last year. Uh, it, interesting, interesting prospect when we got him from San Diego, but it was not working here and I'm so much more interested to see Gabriel Arias, to see Tyler Freeman get those at-bats. There, re- there was going to be no at-bats here for Owen Miller. So, yeah, they trade him. They give him an opportunity. I think right to Milwaukee. Sure, give him an opportunity. Will Benson, kind of the same thing. There's just, I know the outfield has felt thin for a little bit. But with the emergence of Quan and Gonzalez... Right? I mean, kind of locking down everyday playing roles. Straw is a big question mark in center field. Like, let's hope that last season, the 2022, was just a blip in his career. Because he's shown us much more than that. And really, really struggled at the plate last season. But Brennan is ready to take those at-bats. And then you got George Valera knocking at the door to come up here and be a star. Star outfielder. I, I just have this feeling about Valera. I, I don't know if he's going to be Manny Ramirez and Albert Bell, right? I don't know if he's going to get that much power. It was a different time in baseball the 90s. But, I mean, could he hit as good as Michael Brantley did for all those years, right? He might not, you know, get to the level that some of the superstars, uh, power hitters are at. In Major League Baseball, Ronald Acuna Jr. or something like that. But I think he has a chance to really, really be the next great all-star outfielder for Cleveland. I just some of the videos I've seen on him, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that has been on Twitter and stuff like that, just gives you really good vibes about this guy. So yeah. So Benson probably was looking at not having a chance to get many at bats. He has shown that he is at least ready to try at the major league level. So they make a trade. They clear some space on that 40-man roster. They fill it immediately by picking up a pitcher that Chicago White Sox are giving up on. 
So they immediately fill that spot on the 40-man roster, but they cleared some space to make that move. The moves happen so quickly back-to-back, you got to think in in Antonetti and Chernoff's mind, those moves were kind of linked to that spot on the 40-man roster. So uh, those are the things that we've missed since we've last talked. And the one, the big thing I wanted to talk to you and just kind of settle down with you about here is... The Guardians showed us what the plan is this offseason. The plan is to focus on these young guys, to focus on this talent coming up. Yes, they were in on conversations two offseasons in a row now for big trades with Oakland, right? Matt Olson first to fill first base, and then Sean Murphy at catcher, but ultimately they didn't pull the trigger because the guys they were asking for were were too important to the plans here in Cleveland. They don't want to give up on these young guys. Remember the 90s, we kind of worked ourselves into a hole because we did trade away these young guys to make marginal gains on the Major League roster, right? We traded away the Jeff Kents and the Brian Giles and these young, talented players. And then, for some reason in the 90s, we didn't pull the trigger on bigger trades for guys like Pedro Martinez, but that's a, I mean, that's a whole nother story analyzing the trade policies of the 90s Indians teams, but they're not going to do that now. They're not going to sacrifice a super talented young player to make a marginal increase at the major league level. They'd rather develop that guy for a huge positive gain at the major league level. And now I know there's people out there that think that prospects are only worth the trade value that they carry. The chance of making it as a star from the minor league system is pretty slim. Stephen Kwans don't grow on trees. It doesn't happen every day. Even guys like Tristan McKenzie that are the jewel of the franchise and just worked and worked and worked and prepared for this moment, sometimes they don't work out. I mean, Will Benson was a number one pick a few years ago. Sometimes they don't work out, and a lot of times they don't work out. So there is risk involved. Just like there's risk involved with trading away that young player and they become the next Jeff Kent, right? Uh, A multi-time all-star second baseman. There's also that risk that they just flame out and they become a nobody and uh, they don't even reach the majors. So, yes, there is risk involved with the minors, but they showed you this offseason that that is their plan. They're going to put the faith in the guys that they've recruited, the guys that they've drafted, the guys that they've signed as you know international free agents from you know their Dominican and some of their other resources and connections they have in Latin America. And clearly, they've produced many star players that route. Um, And then the prospects that they've traded for over the last few years. So they've been acquiring and acquiring, and they want to develop it. They want to see it play out on the field. They think a young team, like that 2022 team last year, can compete. And yeah, they proved it. They took the Yankees to their limit. Game five. They proved that they can compete. Now they've got to prove to us Guardians fans that they can get over that step. Get, make the next step. Make the ALCS. That's the next step they got to prove to fans, but they proved that they can compete by developing these players. So I think it's telling that they don't pull the trigger on a Matt, on a uh, Sean Murphy trade. Whatever the asking price actually was, 
It was too high for them. They did not want to sacrifice that young talent. So they've kind of shown their hand. They've shown what the focus is here on Cleveland. And it's exciting, as exciting as trades can be developing a young player and getting them to the major league level and them becoming a star is also very exciting. Right? We follow these guys. We we don't get to see now. Nolan Jones was also, you know, we talked about him in our last episode, but he was someone who was traded away to make space. Um, so that's a prospect that we've been watching for a long time that we don't get to see develop. However, Tyler Freeman, we might get the chance to see what he develops into, right? It's still a mystery what the future of shortstop is in Cleveland. Uh, you know, we know who's there right now. Ahmed Rosario's there right now. We don't know what the future holds for Ahmed Rosario. We know that uh, Andres Jimenez is here at second base right now. I, Andres Jimenez is going to be playing shortstop for the Venezuelan team in the World Baseball Classic this March, right? He's that good of a shortstop that for the World Baseball Classic team, this all-star team, he's going to be playing shortstop. And when he comes back to Cleveland, he's going to be playing second base because Ahmed Rosario's there. There's nowhere you can really move him. But there's does Andres Jimenez move over to shortstop next season and then everybody gets the fight over second base again? Or do they just keep Andres Jimenez at second base because he's so darn good at it? And let guys like Freeman and Arias and Juan Brito and some of these other guys, uh, Rokio, fight over shortstop. You know, that premier position. There's just there's something really exciting about that. So as exciting as it would be to go out and trade for Sean Murphy, it's really exciting to watch all these young, ultra-talented guys compete uh, for these spots at the major league level or compete to be the next guy. So, it has been a slightly interesting offseason from that perspective. But other than that, it's kind of been a boring offseason. So, we're here. It's spring training time. I saw pictures. I saw him. I saw pictures of Jose Ramirez out there at the Goodyear Complex. He got out there early with the pitchers and catchers. It's happening. There's going to be spring training games before you know it. What channel are those games going to be broadcast on? I have no clue. But uh, for now, Bally Sports, we'll see... What, where this whole, if you haven't heard, Bally Sports and the company that owns them might go bankrupt, which means where are these games going to be broadcast? Uh, it's kind of a mystery, but let's just, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I'm sure that these Major League Baseball games are too valuable, especially in a market like Cleveland that gets really good uh, numbers on their broadcasts. Uh, somebody's going to carry these games. You are going to be able to watch your Major League Baseball team. It would be the most ridiculous thing with the strikes and the labor things and all the things that Major League Baseball has done in the last few years. If they let this season start and like 15 teams don't have a TV broadcast would be the most ridiculous thing they have done uh, (laughs) this century probably. So I have confidence that we will be able to see these games somewhere. And yeah, spring training games are around the corner I am excited. On local sports talk radio here in Cleveland, they had the audacity to have a whole conversation about maybe there should just be more football in the spring, just more NFL football. And I was like, are you out of your freaking mind? You've got a Cavs team that is rocketing towards the playoffs. You've got a Guardians team that's super promising and exciting. And all you could talk about is more football. Cleveland sports talk is broken. 
Let's get excited for this baseball season. All right, so with that, some things that I am looking forward to for spring training. This is what we're going to end this episode on. It's a quick episode just to reconnect with the morning people, let you know I'm still out here, let you know I'm still pumped for baseball. And uh, so some things that I am looking forward to this spring. First off is going to be the competition for the utility infielder position. There's a lot of positions already set on this team. But uh, Freeman and Arias and whoever else does Rokio get into that mix? Who else is competing? Not to mention the next tier of guys. There's there's three or four guys nipping at their heels, and that's Juan Brito. That's Angel Martinez. That's Jose Tena. Those guys, are they going to be filtering into double-A, triple-A? Are they going to get any at-bats and looks at the Major League roster? Uh, who can play some third base to uh, give Jose Ramirez days off his feet, which they always do throughout the season? So who's going to be that backup third baseman? So yeah, there are a lot of young infielders that have been invited to camp, that are on the active roster and going to be at camp. And uh, the infield play is going to be insane for the Cleveland Guardians. So that is super exciting. Uh, next thing I'm looking forward to in the outfield, don't forget with that Will uh, Will Benson cha- trade is Richie Palacios is still in the mix in this outfield. Now he's going to be playing, I think, for the Netherlands in the World Baseball Classic. So uh, might not get the opportunity to break through here uh, with the Guardians, maybe, because he's not in camp? Is that going to affect him? But uh, it is going to be interesting to see Will Brennan and Miles Straw and Stephen Kwan with that left field, center field kind of mix. Uh, what's it going to look like? Is Straw the starting center fielder or is he not? That is going to be an interesting thing to watch uh, this spring training. And Palacios actually leads me... I, I, I'm gonna watch the World Baseball Classic. I'm gonna if those games are on while I'm at work at the office, if I'm editing, uh, I'm definitely gonna have those games on to keep me company in the office. So I am a little bit excited for this World Baseball Classic. I don't know which. Obviously, you know we have the American Pride thing, you know Team USA, but but I think I'm probably gonna be rooting more to see what Guardians players are out there uh, and competing. There's a few. We got a few out there including uh, Naylor. Uh, Bo Naylor is going to be playing for Team Canada. Uh, Palacios is going to be playing for the Netherlands. Uh, at first, they thought that... Uh, they thought that Jose Ramirez and they thought that Emmanuel Classe might play for the Dominican team, but they did not. I think Enel De Los Santos is playing for his home country. So there's a few Guardians out there. So I think those are the things I'm going to kind of be interested in throughout the World Baseball Classic. Who knows? Maybe we'll all turn into Team Canada fans because Bo Naylor will be like a superstar on that team. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. I'm not looking forward to the backup catcher competition. I'm not. Somebody's got to have that role, whether it is Bo Naylor or whether he starts at AAA to get more opportunity. I'm not really excited to see who the backup catcher is going to be. Not like the infield situation. So that's that's a spring training battle I'm not looking forward to. And then finally, the spring training thing I'm looking forward to. Right now, we assume that the starting rotation is going to be Bieber, McKenzie, Quantrill, Savali, Plesak. That's the assumption. 
But Savali and Plesak have been very up and down, very hot and cold the last few seasons. They'll have a start where they'll strike out, you know, 10 guys and just look dominant for five innings. And then they'll have other games where they'll come out and they'll get absolutely bombed and give up like three home runs in the first two innings. So, uh, Savali and Plesak right now make sense as your fourth and fifth starter. And frankly, on most major league rosters, they are a quality option for your fourth or fifth starter. They usually, although Savali went through some injuries, they usually can give you a lot of innings and, uh, they're somewhat reliable, but, but this is the Guardians pitching factory. And will any of these young guys actually push them this spring for maybe that fourth or fifth spot? I don't know. A lot of these starters recently have kind of found their way to the bullpen. Guys like Sam Hentges, uh, guys like Eli Morgan, who were starters and just have found a role in the bullpen. Is that going to happen to Cody Morris, or is he going to get more of an opportunity to start? I mean, Morris can be a weapon in that bullpen. Uh, So... Who is going to kind of push uh, Plesak and Savali for those last spots in the rotation? Is it is it someone younger? You know, we know the list of names that kind of came up last year. Hunter Gaddis, Xavier Curry. Some of the guys from AAA did not have a lot of success. Uh, Connor Pilkington got a lot of opportunities. Did not have a lot of success at the major league level. But these things take a couple years to find out how to pitch at the major league level, to find out what kind of pitcher you're going to be at the major league level. So, do one of those guys figure it out this spring and really push Savali and Plesak for that fourth or fifth spot in the rotation? So, we all make the assumption we know who the starting five is going to be. It takes way more than five pitchers to get through a major league season. So, who is going to be nipping at their heels pushing for those last spots? Or is it going to be one of these guys they brought in, right? Tucson, who they brought in from the Braves organization. Uh, The guy they brought in from the White Sox organization. Uh, Who is it going to be that pushes uh, the starting rotation, right? Keeps pushing the quality pitching here in Cleveland. So, Those are the things I'm looking forward to in the spring, and I'm just looking forward to baseball being back. I'm looking forward to listening to games on my drive home from work. It's going to be a good time. 2023 is going to be a fun season. I can feel it. I can feel it in the air. We are going to have a good time. There is just way, way too much young talent. And don't worry about what the other teams are doing. Don't worry about everybody, you know, chasing these mega contracts out there. Boy, the San Francisco Giants just struck out on so many mega contracts. Don't worry about the, you know, the amount of money that the Mets have been throwing around. Let them. Let them play baseball their way. We're playing our way here in Cleveland. They might not know these names, but we know these names. We know what's coming here in Cleveland. We know what a Will Brennan unleashed on the American League Central couldn't look like. We know what uh, is coming as far as the young, talented infielders, right? A Gabriel Arias, an Angel Martinez. We know what's coming. Brian Rocchio. So let it be our secret, our Cleveland secret. And we will unleash it on the American League Central this season. So, boy, that's a super positive episode from me. And uh, yeah, let's wrap this thing up. Like I said, it's just a quick hello 
I'm still here. I'm still podcasting. I'm ready for this 2023 season. Uh, if you are new to the show, if you've just joined us, you know, in towards the end of last season, uh, the way we do spring training, we don't do daily games. We save that for the regular season. It's tiring enough in the regular season to fit it all in. Uh, for spring training, we tend to do weekend episodes. We kind of sum up the week. We do MVP of the week instead of MVP for the day. So kind of look for a schedule like that. For me coming, uh, you know, for the next few weekends as we march towards the regular season. How will the World Baseball Classic, uh, you know, affect spring training plans, affect spring training play is going to be interesting to see. Uh, so we'll definitely be talking about that a little bit if big stories emerge from uh, that fun international competition. So thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show Cleveland Baseball Mornings at gmail.com. Let me know what you are excited about. Get back in touch with me. I didn't see many emails come in either uh, over the offseason while we were quiet. So get back in touch with me. Let me know what you're excited about, what spring training battles you're looking forward to. I'm also hosting this show on Anchor. So if you want to go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.